Proverbs chapter 14. This is our 20th or 21st. Uh, we called it Probing Proverbs. Uh, the, they are in podcast form if you're interested in re-listening to them. We're going to take a break from this in a few weeks when the Lord clarifies in my mind when, and we're going to look at eternity. We're going to look at what the Bible says about heaven, eternity in heaven, but then we're going to look at the reality of what the Bible says about hell. It's a, I've been doing quite a bit of reading on it recently. It's astounding to me how, you know, it's like in the world and those who don't want to accept the Bible as God's word view, they're turning down the temperature on the reality of hell, so to speak. And yet we're going to look at the word of God, see what does God say and allow God to use that in all of our lives. But tonight we're in Proverbs 14 and we're going to look at just two verses Verse number eight, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous, there is favor. I entitled it, The Folly of Fools. Fools make a mock at sin. You could put it this way, fools may mock at sin, but at the end are mocked by their sin. Or one writer put it this way, sin mocks the fool who are its victim. The folly of fools is deceit. So as you, as you read verse number eight, you have a couple of options as you look at that. But one way you look at it is that fools try to deceive or are deceived by their foolishness. And, you know, we need to understand that uh, God promises to give wisdom to those who seek it, who walk with wise men. Uh, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. Uh, we can seek the wisdom of God for day-to-day -day living. We've talked about wisdom, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on that tonight, but just remember, wisdom is not smarts. Wisdom is not IQ. Wisdom is not knowledge per se. It is the right application of God's truth to day-to-day -day living. You know, life is complicated. It's not always easy to know the right way to navigate through life. There are things that come up that yeah, well, what should I do? What would be most God-honoring? What, in what way would God be glorified? God says when we seek his wisdom, he will give it. James chapter 1, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. So just uh, because a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, we did a, a study on what is a fool, what does the Bible say a fool is, we're just going to give a brief uh, reminder of that by looking first of all at the definition here in verse verses eight and nine fools are mentioned several times and they're mentioned several times throughout proverbs i told you that there were three main words for fool one is a very harsh word like a scorner an adamant rejecter of truth but the, one of the most common words it talks about 
the foolishness of a fool, the silliness of the fool, not, not like they're giddy or childish, but that they make what we would call, that's not smart, that's foolish when they don't have to kind of decisions. It's an adjective that is talking about being the foolish uh, in the sense of one who does not seek God's wisdom, does not want to know God's way, does not try to, to find out God's plan, basically despising the wisdom of God. And so by their choice, they don't learn from their failures in the past or they don't learn from the failures of others. Uh, a fool in Proverbs is pictured quite often as arrogant. Nobody's gonna tell me what to do. Self-sufficient, I don't need God. I can handle it on my own. And one who lives their life as if there were no God. And let me tell you something, somebody who does that definitely is a fool. And give you a good New Testament illustration. Luke chapter 12, Jesus told the story of a man, a parable of a very prosperous farmer so he wasn't stupid. He, he had a good business head. He had a good mindset for farming. And he was just doing so well, he sat back and said, you know what? I, I mean, I've got so much. I, I'm just going to tear down my barns and build bigger. I, I'm, I'm just going to keep this thing rolling. And Jesus said he was a fool because that very night his soul would be required of him. What was, what, what's the analogy there? What's the point of that parable? He was living as if he was the one in control of his time rather than recognizing eternity was just at the door. Remember, the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. We all have an appointment. We don't know when it is, but we need to live with that appointment in mind. We need to live, well, what if this were my last day? Well, what if this were my last opportunity? Well, what if uh, this, this is what my epitaph is going to be? How should I live my life? So we see the definition of the fool. But secondly, we see the decision. It says in verse number nine, a fool decides to mock sin. They decide to mock sin. That word mock, it, it, it's an interesting word because one of the first definitions you read says to make faces. Every parent, or maybe, maybe I did not use parents. Every teacher has caught kids making that face like, oh, brother. What are they doing? They're mocking an authority. That's what, that's what the word means, to make a face at, to mock. It's the illustration of somebody mocking the actions or behaviors of another. One of my biggest foul paws when I was an assistant pastor was uh, the deacon, I think I told you this story some time ago, the deacons had had a little deacon retreat with the pastor and one of his bonding activities, we went bowling and 
our pastor, he was, uh, he loved attention and he, 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 he liked to be the life of the party kind of a guy. And so we, the guys were all there bowling and he was goofing off and he, he tripped and, and uh, he fell down in the bowling lane, you know. So it was funny. Well, that New Year's Eve, we had a church bowling activity, different rink, uh, bowling alley. It was in our town. And uh, I was telling people about this story. Oh, man, you should have seen Pastor. He, he was acting, you know, up, and he was just really being funny, and, and he tripped and fell. I, I was sort of like this. And I imitated him. The problem was they had just oiled the lane. And when I crossed over that line, I slid like 15 feet out in front of God and everybody, you know, 50 lanes there. And everybody's, well, what's this nut doing halfway down the alley? I was making fun of something that was funny, but in actuality, I was making a fool of myself. And, you know, when we, um, the, the world we live in is constantly mocking sin constantly you cannot watch primetime television without there being some joking look at sin there's a principle of speech when you're trying to convey a difficult topic if you can get people laughing with you you have their their reticence their 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 guardedness sort of falls down and you can implant truth your truth into their heart television does it all the time people are always mocking sin proverbs 10 23 it's a sport to a fool to do mischief but a man of understanding hath wisdom so how do people mock sin by their words and by their actions Fools make a joke about sin. They believe that sin has no consequence. Is that not the mindset of today's world? I can do what I want. There's no reaping for what I'm sowing. There's no, there's no, I don't need to be afraid of, of God doing something to me. That would be the common mindset. I remember one day when I was in West Michigan pastoring, uh, just doing some soul uh, soul winning you know, it was a very country you didn't go door to door you drove you know to five acre spot to 10 acre spot but this guy was working his pole barn and i went out there tried to strike up a conversation he was pretty gracious worked into the gospel and he said stop right there young man now, you know it was a long time ago and nobody said that to me in a while stop right there he said look you may believe that stuff when i die I'm going to be worm food, and that's it. There is no eternity. So just go on down the street. He had a mocking attitude about the reality of God's judgment. Yeah, I don't ever know what happened to the man. You see, for us as believers, it is a dangerous thing to develop a joking attitude toward anything that God calls sin. A coming short of the mark, a transgressing the line. Anything God says that is not for the child of God is nothing for the child of God to laugh at because when we do, 
we are picking up the actions of a fool. Fools make a mock at sin. Turn over, keep your finger here, we'll come back. Turn to Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19, I'll begin reading in verse 27. Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth to err from the words of knowledge, and ungodly witness scorneth judgment, and the mouth of the wicked devoureth iniquity. What does that mean? The mouth of the wicked devoureth iniquity. It's not a big deal. What are you afraid of? It's okay. Everybody's doing it. The wicked make a mock at sin. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to them that call evil good and good evil. Again, keep your finger here, but turn to Jeremiah chapter 44. In Jeremiah 44, we have Israel responding to the warning message of God's prophet. Jeremiah is presenting God's message. It's not Jeremiah's message, it's God's message. And he was warning God's people. And I want you to hear the warning and see the response. So we'll start at verse 15, Jeremiah 44. Then all the men which knew that their wives had burned incense unto other gods, small g, so they're involved in idolatry. And all the women that stood by, a great multitude, even all the people that dwelt in the land of Egypt in Pathros, answered Jeremiah saying, as for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee. Now skip down to verse 20. Then Jeremiah said unto all the people, to the men and to the women and to all the people which had given that answer, saying, The incense that ye burned in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, ye and your fathers, your kings and your princes and the people of the land, did not the Lord remember them? And came it not into his mind, so that the Lord could no longer bear because of the evil of your doings. Well, they were just lighting incense. I mean, they weren't murdering people. They weren't stealing. They weren't committing adultery. But God said, this is the evil of their doings. Notice, and because of the abominations which you have committed... Therefore is your land a desolation and an astonishment and a curse without an inhabitant as at this day. Now, lastly, down to verse 25. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, Ye and your wives have both spoken with your mouths and fulfilled with your hands, saying, We will surely perform our vows that we have vowed to burn incense to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink. Uh, I'm sorry. Turn too many pages. Drink offerings unto her. Ye will surely accomplish your vows and surely perform your vows. Therefore hear ye the word of the Lord. All Judah that dwell in the land of Egypt, 
Behold, I have sworn by my great name, saith the Lord, that my name shall no more be named in the mouth of any man of Judah in all the land of Egypt, saying, The Lord God liveth. Behold, I will watch over them for evil and not for good. And all the men of Judah that were in the land of Egypt shall be consumed by the sword and by the famine until there be an end of them. Yet a small number that escaped the sword shall return out of the land of Egypt into the land of Judah. And all the remnant of Judah that are gone into the land of Egypt to sojourn there shall know whose word shall stand, mine or theirs. Now, without going into a lot of detail, basically... Jeremiah stood and said, here's God's message. Don't go worship these false gods. They said, we don't care what you said. He said, well, God said he's going to judge your land. They said, oh, so what? We don't believe it. And God and Jeremiah ended up that prophetic statement by saying, you will see one day whose words are true and whose words are not, whose words will stand and whose words will not. The fool mocks sin. The fool ridicules the fact of God's judgment. The fool has no concern about what does God think or what does God say. They just want to live their life satisfying themselves, pleasing themselves, thinking they are able to handle this life without God. And the proof or the truth of Proverbs 14:9 is a fundamental reality of the fool. They make fun of sin. They make fun of the concept of consequences or reaping the consequences, but that does not change the fact that God will always judge sin. Always. So then let's look at throughout Proverbs 14 quickly how he describes a fool. Look down at verse number 16. Proverbs 14, 16. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. First of all, the Bible says the fool is stubborn. Stubborn. They rage and are confident. This word rage has the idea of stubbornly holding to preconceived thoughts. It's not somebody who says, I've searched the word, I found God's truth, I'm not gonna be moved from it. That's not what this is talking about. This is somebody who says, I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what God says. I'm gonna do what I wanna do. A fool is stubborn and they hold on to their thoughts and their efforts to handle life without God. The word confident obviously speaks of being self-confident. Whereas the wise man follows God's way and eschews evil. Remember Job 1.1, I told you one of the greatest biographies you'll ever read in one verse if we could all just aspire to be like Job as described in verse 1 of chapter 1, but one of the great statements in that verse is he eschews evil. What does that mean? It means he turns away from, he purposefully turns his back on, i.e. temptation and evil. First Peter 3.10 
For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. So both the Old and the New Testament, Old giving us an illustration, the New Testament giving us commandment that a child of God who wants to please God is not somebody who says, oh, let me go investigate this that I I know God's not pleased with, but, you know, a little bit isn't going to hurt. No, God says we're to flee it. You say, oh, come on, pastor. Really? 1 Corinthians 6.18, we're to flee fornication. 1 Corinthians 10.14, we're to flee idolatry. 1 Timothy 6.11, we're to flee the love of money and the material. 2 Timothy 2.22, we're to flee youthful lust. Seems like Joseph is a good example for all of us. Unfortunately, the fool, because he has no fear of God, has no fear of the consequences of their sin, until it's too late, he has played with sin. The psalmist said in Psalm 119.67, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. Jeremiah in Jeremiah 31 talks about how he was thankful for God's chastisement because it turned him from the direction he was going to the right way. So fool number one is stubborn. Look down at verse 17, Proverbs 14, 17. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly and a man of wicked devices is hated. Number two, a fool is quick-tempered. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. Anybody else astounded at how quickly people are getting so angry about such insignificant things? Now, I read the news. I don't watch it very often. I read the news just yesterday. A woman at a Wendy's down in Florida, her fries were too cold and and her chicken nuggets were too spicy. So she threw it all back at the lady through the window. Now, wouldn't you love to have all that on a video? Just watch that. Then 10 minutes later, say, ma'am, would you like to see what you look like? You know what? You look rather foolish. Foolish. You know, the truth of the matter is most of the heinous crime that we see in society is anger out of control. I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't. I felt like I was disrespected, whether it's road rage, whether it's something like this. It's silly. I mean, over Wendy's and Nuggets, you're going to get that. And they're not that good anyway. You're going to act that way? A fool. Proverbs, look over Proverbs 15, verse 18. Say another verse, a wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. Proverbs 18, verse 6, a fool's lips enter into contention and his mouth calleth for strokes. Now, you can go through Proverbs and see the quick-tempered reaction of a fool. You know, some people, they're always looking for a fight. They're quick at jumping at, you know, going at it, doing this, doing that. And you say, it's just a game. It's just a happy meal. It's just a 30-second wait wait in line. But a person who has a hair-trigger temper 
is a person who is showing forth that they are a fool. Look down at verse 24, chapter 14. The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolishness of fools is folly. The foolishness of fools is folly. That first word foolishness and that last word folly are the exact same root word. The crown of the wise is their progress, their success. In their wisdom, they invest with eternity's values in view. So it's not just about this life. They, they're, uh, you know, they're laying up treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt and thieves cannot break through and steal. But a fool's life is characterized by foolishness. You could literally say the folly of a fool is folly. That's what the verse literally says. The fool gives no thought to eternity. It's all about here, it's all about now, it's all about me. And yet, in wisdom, we can, we can understand that God blesses his people, God honors faithfulness, we can have a, a life of God's goodness on earth, but we can look forward to a far better life one day in heaven. So foolishness is their very character. They're stubborn, they're quick-tempered. It is their character. One more, look at chapter 15, Proverbs 15, verse 2. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. Their speech identifies them for what they are. You know, if you don't want people to think you're a fool, shut your mouth. Really, that's sort of the harsh translation of that. But they seem to, they, you know, they, they sort of want to broadcast it. Just They want everybody to know what they think. They want everybody to know their opinion. They want everybody to know. And in their spouting and numerous words, all they're doing is putting up a flashing billboard, I am a fool. Verse 2 says their mouth pours out foolishness. Verse 14 says that the mouth of the fools feedeth on foolishness. Chapter 18, verse 7, a fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. But look at the contrast in verse 2. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright. The contrast, verse 14, the heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge. So the wise demonstrate their wisdom in the fact that they're guarded and they share and they're helpful, but they don't want to, they, they don't have to have the attention. They don't have to broadcast it. Why does the mouth of the fool pour out foolishness? Verse two, what you feed on is what you say. You know, I took the first computer course in 1971 or 72 in Vista High School, Vista, California, with these punch cards and you had to punch and you're trying to program. But there was one major thought from that class, I remember nothing else other than the teacher was sort of a flake. But that, what I do remember was one statement he said almost every day, garbage in, garbage out. 
What was he saying? No matter how good of a program you develop, you put in the wrong data, you're going to get the wrong results every time. What are you putting in to your mind and heart that is coming out of your mouth? You see, verse 14 says, the fools feed on foolishness, so it's no wonder that verse 2 says, their mouth poureth out foolishness. Look back at chapter 14, verse 9. Let's see the delight of the wise in closing. While fools make a mock at sin, the contrast, but among the righteous, there is favor. The righteous isn't somebody who's sinless. It isn't somebody any different from a believer who's striving to live their life in obedience to the word of God. The word means upright, prudent. Among the righteous, there is favor. Well, we might use that word in our conversation. He's a favored employee or something like that. But the word is talking about acceptance, delight, or blessing. In 1 Samuel 2.26, I love the story of Samuel. The Bible says, and the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and with men. You could go through the Proverbs. We're running out of time, so I won't do it. But you can find numerous times where it talks about when we live in obedience to God, submitted to his plan, desiring to walk after him, we have his favor. We have his blessing. You know, there have been times in my life where I found favor with an employee, an employer, or with a teacher, or with a professor. That was always to my benefit. It was always a blessing to me. To this day, one of my Bible college professors from 1970, whenever, four, when he was still teaching at that school, I could take you to my library and pull off probably 30 books that Dr. J. Arnold Fair has given to me. Every one he signs to my beloved friend, da 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 da, -da. Dr. J. Arnold Fair, 1 John 2 7. I think is his verse. Back, I couldn't afford books. He was giving me books. I just stopped by there on my last trip to Indiana. He's got about 10,000 volumes. He had to build a building on his farm that houses his library. Got a sign over the door, my happy place. I didn't have time. He said, Bob, you find any duplicate, you can have it. Doc, I'm trying to downsize. <laughs> I still walked away with a stack of a dozen books. You know, some people show their love language in food. We have some ladies in our church that do that. No wonder I can't lose weight. He shows his love in books. I found, fa I don't even know why, but I'm so thankful I found his favor. Let me tell you something, as much as he's been a blessing to me, to be in the place of receiving God's favor God's favor, the omnipotent one who is always good and only does the right thing. God's favor, the righteous, among the righteous, there is favor. 
Folks, it is worth it to walk in obedience to God. I didn't say it was always easy, but it's worth it. It is worth it to seek the mind of God and live according to his will. Not always easy, but always worth it. Don't be like the fool. Stubborn, my way or the highway, quick-tempered. Don't be like that. Allow God to change your heart and your mind by his word because his grace and truth comes in and his grace and truth will come out. You don't want your mouth pouring out foolishness. Pour out the grace of God.